you're a business owner, you know how stressful and costly it can be when things go sideways with people you've entrusted to be a part of your new and growing business. As we've talked about in one of our previous episodes, you can empower yourself to find the right people to fit your business. But inevitably, because we are humans working with humans, things can go sideways. Starting a business is tough, and getting the right people can really be a challenge. But you can put some early structure into place, no matter how small you are, to create a rewarding team culture while establishing healthy boundaries for you and the people you work with. You can't necessarily avoid things going wrong in terms of bringing in the right people. And sometimes the perfect candidate can end up being anything but that. But there are tactics and mindsets that can help you navigate the challenges for when they happen, because it's not if they happen, because they will happen. We'll talk about what it looks like to create and maintain a great team culture and how to discern those moments when, despite your best efforts, a member of your team is creating unnecessary angst and spreading it through the ranks. It takes compassion, creativity, resilience, and establishing actionable solutions that fit both you and your team to make it all come together. I'll break down my insights over the years on how to keep moving the needle in the right direction towards a truly connected team. So it has taken me almost 20 years of disappointment, heartbreak, confusion, angst, stress, learning from experts, getting training, and learning through all the bumpy roads to get to where we are now in terms of building a team, maintaining a good team culture, and just dealing with this whole crazy thing that is HR slash human resources. We get into business not to get into HR, but we get into business because we love doing the thing that we're passionate about. I know most of my fellow small business owners have this same struggle where they say, I didn't get into being in a restaurant to just spend all of my time dealing with HR. I don't think anybody does. But as you grow, it is inevitable that you are going to have to bring people on to help you. And even if that is a consultant and not necessarily someone on your staff, it takes a lot of time and practice to really figure out how to manage that. I have spent a lot of time learning from other people and finding training, finding experts, and really learning the ropes on what is the best way for us to manage our team. And especially we're an ice cream business. And so we have a lot of seasonal workers. It's a very transient type of job for the bulk of our team that we have. And so we are dealing with lots of people through the years. We probably have a headcount of 100 folks that go through our business throughout an entire year. In the wintertime, we'll have 30-ish as a part of our core team. And then in the summertime, that number will increase to about 50 or 60 people that are on our team that are all humans and that are all different and that are unique in their needs, their behaviors, their backgrounds. And so it just makes it this big circus that we have to handle in terms of making sure we understand each other and that we learn how to work together. It was really important for me to create a team culture. I had been in jobs that had very bad team culture, and I always swore to myself that I would do everything I could to create a team culture that was healthy and safe and including and fun 
and really wanted to create that for other people, it's important to be able to say when something is not up to standard or be able to convey that, hey, I really would like this to be done this other way and also explain why you do it that way. People are more willing to do a task a certain way if you explain why we are doing it this way. You have to communicate. So as we grew and started doing all these festivals, we had gotten to a place where our family and the people that had been the core of our management team couldn't be at every place everywhere. So we had to find people that we trusted and that we trained that would be able to do that for us. So we slowly grew our team and we brought on this core crew of amazing high schoolers that helped pretty much build the foundation of what Crank and Boom was. We would explain to whoever was working what the expectations were and then when we would pick them up or we would clean up, we would kind of check through anything come up, any issues, did you run into any issues, and just make sure that the team felt supported even though we weren't there in person. So if there was an issue that would come up, we'd talk about it. We'd talk about you know, how they might deal with that situation differently if it was something that maybe they just didn't know or didn't have the experience on how to deal with. The most challenging part of our growth in terms of team was getting to that next level of leadership where more of the executive functions and decision making and actually running whole departments or running a whole process, be it production or logistics or wholesale or retail shops, getting to a whole nother level of manager and finding the right folks that would build the team culture. So now I'm managing managers who are training people who are doing the task. And so having that layer of middle management, I think for me, it's taken years to, to kind of work through how we do that. They do have to represent your values and act on your behalf so that the folks that are doing the tasks don't necessarily feel like they're getting a clone of you, but they are at least representing what the company stands for and they are taking actions that are in alignment with the values that you have for the company and what you stand for. That whole process has been the most difficult in building the next generation of leaders that are going to take the company to this next place where we can have more stores and that we don't have to be at all these places all at the same time. It has taken many, many, many years of learning and going through a lot of very difficult situations, a lot of grief, a lot of tears. So if you are in a place where you feel like you're banging your head against the wall because you feel like 70%, 90% of your time and energy are going towards people things, I feel like it's very common. And of course, we did not get into this business to just be HR consultants and be HR people. So just know that you are not alone. So inevitably, something is going to go awry, and it could be something very minor, but it also could be something very major. And you definitely want to have a plan for how to deal with situations as they come up. This is how I approach it, and I hope that it will help you if you have the right mindset and a few tactical tips on the process, it definitely makes it a lot easier. And it get, also gets easier with practice. 
if you're going to address something, address it in the moment when you can. If it is small, deal with it as soon as possible because what will inevitably happen is it will get buried and you'll think, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal that they showed up late. If it's not addressed quickly, it will most likely almost 99% snowball into something bigger. I find it's much, much easier to address things when they are small things before they become large things. I also am a big proponent of documenting everything. So if you have an issue that you have to talk to someone with, I just document everything because when you go down the line and there are possibly more issues with this person, having timelines and details of things that have happened in the past, just make the conversation easier because everybody has different memories and everyone has different interpretations. So you can say, Joe Bob, on Saturday, June the 12th, you were late this time, 10 minutes. And then on this date, at this time, you were late. And it's hard to avoid facts. If you have it documented, it's much easier to use that when you're having a challenging conversation because then it becomes more about the behavior and not about the person. And I think that's what really trips people up. You don't want to make someone feel like they're a bad person. It's much easier to use facts and to use data and to say, it's not about you, it's about the behaviors that are not acceptable. If something big happens, you always want to stay calm. And I usually don't make a decision right away. If it's something I can sleep on, we try to make sure that we think it through and talk it through whoever is involved and try to get all the facts. And I think it's very important to set very clear expectations and boundaries at this point. It's really important to make sure that you come at it from a compassionate angle. Brene Brown says clear is kind. It's much nicer to just be direct. Whatever your plan is for how you deal with these situations, just be clear on what is going to happen. And then if it does happen again, you have to follow through with what you've said. Because if you've told them that you're going to do A and then you end up doing B, then that's not very nice either. So whatever you say, stick to it, follow through, be clear, be honest, and, you know, tell them that you want this to work and that you want this to be a mutually beneficial situation. I think having these mindsets and the way we approach things and being set on the values of how we approach these situations is a nice way to tackle them so that you're not caught flat-footed. I want to talk about mindset and I want to go over mantras or just ideas to live by that have helped me through my HR management journey. Number one, expecting people to be like you is very unrealistic. What is common sense to you is likely not common sense for everybody else. And that's the beauty of having a diverse and beautiful team where people get to bring in different insights and perspectives and personalities. One of the leadership programs I participated in we did a DISC assessment, which is just one of the many personality assessment tests. I got my DISC assessment back and it was scarily accurate, but it just made me realize when we're in this room of 50 people that everyone is so different. It gave me a lot of peace because then I didn't feel like I was working with someone that just didn't get it because it wasn't that they didn't get it. They're just approaching it different because of the personality that they have. Number two, Assuming the best of people. I am notorious for being a very nice person. I 
feel like I'm a very generous, kind, giving type personality. And so that also sets me up for being the type who gets taken advantage of because of my generosity and my kindness. And that has definitely happened more than once. And I have actually just accepted that that's just how I want to show up in the world. I want to assume the best of people. I don't want to live in a place where I'm on alert all the time because I'm waiting for the next bad thing to happen. So I choose, I choose to show up in the world in a place where I assume the best of someone and I assume the best of their intentions. And so when something goes awry, that's how I approach it. And I find that that brings me the most peace. I find that it leads to better connections and being compassionate towards other people, for the most part, is much more beneficial than going the other way and being negative, accusatory, waiting for someone to screw up the next thing. Number three, I would say don't give up because we have had so many folks come through our company. We've had amazing people who have changed our company for the better, changed me as a person for the better. And then we've also had other people that have done the opposite and have caused me a lot of grief and a lot of tears and a lot of sadness and heartbreak. I don't know that I would change any of it because I feel like all those experiences have built up the person that I am now. And it has brought perspective, learning, and experience that helps me be the leader that I am now. So if you have something happen or someone you trusted now did something that you can't trust them anymore, it's easy to give up and say, well, I just am going to do this all by myself because I can't trust anyone. When I have that mindset, I might miss out on the chance of meeting the next person that might change my life for the better. I don't have the expectation that every single person that comes through our doors will be with us 200 years from now or even a year from now. I just want the time that we do have together, be it two weeks, 200 years, whatever it is, I want it to be mutually beneficial. I want us to learn and grow together and I want that experience to be the best that it can be. Thank you so much for listening to the Crank and Boom podcast. If you want business advice and tactics like this every week, click that follow button wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode with us. Also, if you like what you heard today, it would mean so very much to me if you would leave us a review. That helps other people find us. And I would also love to hear more about what topics you'd like for us to dive into on the show. I can't wait to meet you here again soon. Until next time. Peace. This is a production of Four Eyes Media.